While you're standing this morning, turn in your Bible to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Are you ready for the preached word this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, if I was on the other side of the stage, and I'm just, my wife and I are going to church and being part of a local body. This is just me. I mean, you can have and choose what you want. I don't need you to plan my week. I don't need something Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday morning. I don't need you to put me in 16 different groups. But give me his presence and give me his word. Give me his presence, the spirit of God in worship, and give me his word so I can leave. And I I, I pray today that's what this house does. Acts 1 verse 4. And being assembled together with them... Jesus commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So did John put water inside of them, or did he immerse them in water? Okay. So not only does Jesus put the Spirit in us, what we'll talk about in a moment, but he immerses us in his Spirit. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, or the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you're going to be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he spoke in these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, a cloud receiving him out of their sight. The Lord has allowed over the last several weeks in his tarrying for us to talk about the imperatives of the year to come. We talked about needing a God confidence. How many of you were here for part number one? Confidence in the Lord God Almighty. We talked about part two, clarity and discernment. That you're going to need to know not just the difference between right and wrong, but between right and almost right. You're going to need to be able to discern between teaching that is diluted, polluted, contaminated, and that which is truth in itself so you can rightly divide the word of truth. Uh, Pastor Charles preached last week on the heart for the lost. He said, where's Eli? And got so much positive feedback. How, much you, how many of you were blessed by that ministry last week? Amen. These young guys bucking for my job all the time down here preaching so hard. And he said, where's Eli? And I just want to answer him in front of y'all after he did so good last week. He's around every corner. Charles, he's behind the eyes of everyone I interact with. He's in my line of sight. He's in my prayers, my plans, and my priorities. I carry the burden and expectation of him in me. So there you go, Charles. Preach that one. All right. I want to speak to you this morning about the greatest need in your life today. You may not believe it. You may stand and say, that's not my greatest need. But this side of the cross... Sins forgiven, name written in the Lamb's book of life. Your greatest need is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and to walk in the fullness thereof. That's your greatest need. If the earnest of the Spirit, which we'll talk about in just a moment, the earnest of the Spirit is important so to house, to house God. How much more the empowerment? How much more the endowment? Jesus told a crowd of over 500, Terry, don't leave Jerusalem till you be endued with power. And 120 went. So it is today. This promise is to you and to your children and to your children's children. And all who are far off. Well, I don't believe it. Well, it's still unto you and your children and your children's children. Well, Jesus don't do that no more. Yes, he does. John said, I immerse you in water. But he's coming and he himself will immerse you in the Holy Spirit. Would you pray for me as I pray for myself this morning? Father, I just humble myself before you. I've, I've got friends in this room today, Lord, from way, way back. They saw me come into faith in my early 20s, and they've seen a long journey. They and myself, we've traveled a long way. And I ain't got anything that in my strength can help anyone. But if you anoint me, Lord... This word will come alive and it'll quicken. The letter killeth, but your spirit giveth life. Let there be life in the word today. Let us leave with an agitation in our spirit saying, what am I filled with? I need to be filled with God. I I need to get some stuff out of me so that I can have some room inside of me 
for the things God's designed me to be. And I pray today, O Lord, that people would leave today asking and receiving, seeking and finding, knocking and having doors open. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to speak to you on two simple things today with several sub-points. I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit indwelling us and the Holy Spirit empowering us. If I were the devil and I could not keep the truths of God's Word from coming to you, I would distort them. I would confuse them. I wouldn't want you to know that you could be born again and that God's Spirit could come inside of you. I wouldn't want you to know that. I wouldn't want you to know that, uh, like Isaiah prophesied, that your, God could take out your stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. I wouldn't want you to know that you could be born again and separated from your past and given not only a new heart, but a new life, a new direction, a new pace, a new destination. I wouldn't want you to know that. I wouldn't want you to know that the Spirit could indwell you. No one in the Old Testament... No one in the Old Testament ever had a clean conscience. They'd sacrifice that lamb. And once a year, uh, the high priest would do that to postpone judgment until the Lamb of God came and paid for our sins, past, present, and future. And the veil was rent from top to bottom. And we, who have the earnest of the Spirit inside of us, we know what it's like to have our conscience purged from dead works. And I know I am guiltless. Are you guilty? Yes. Less. Because my sin was laid upon him and he paid for it. I wouldn't want, if I were the devil, I wouldn't want you to know that you could have the spirit inside of you. And I sure wouldn't want you to know you could have it on you. Well, I thought I received the Holy Spirit when I believed. You did. The earnest of the spirit. First of all, you were born again by the spirit. John 3 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water, that's through the natural birth, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That's why these churches are so wrong and in so much error to tell people, repeat after me and say this prayer. Okay, you're saved. No, not unless he's born again. Not unless the Father draws him. From, from darkness to light, from deadness to new life, and imparts life to him. See, we are not a transformed life. Christianity is not life being transformed, it's life being given. And then as we mature, there's a transformation from what we used to be. But you must be born again by the Spirit. I think it was John Wesley, it could have been Finney, uh, went around the world preaching, you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. And word got back to his superiors. And they said, I, we hear you preach the same message everywhere you go. You must be born again. You must be born again. Surely there's more in the word of God to preach about than that. Why do you keep preaching this message? You must be born again. He said, because you must be born again. <laughs> Can't get to Christ. He comes to you. And he gives us the, the witness of the Spirit, the earnest of the Spirit. We are sealed by the Spirit, the Bible says. So when a person is born again, the Spirit comes inside of them and seals them. Like you would take a signet ring and you put it in hot wax and you would seal an envelope. This would mean like those of royalty and a king would seal this envelope or seal this document and say, This is official. This is the real deal. And there could be imitations, which the world is filled with religious imitations. There can be men in flowing robes and scepters and hats and oils and bells and beads and all this decree. But the certificate, the signet ring, is the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's what identifies us. The earnest of the Spirit. The earnest. It's a pledge of something given in advance as a security for the rest, which means that this measure of the Spirit that I've put inside of you, when you get home, I'm going to bring it into its fullness. It's not just eternal life. 
You're going to see me face to face. And all that I have planned in your inheritance will be yours. We do not know what we will be, but we know that when he comes, we'll be like him. For we'll see him as he is. God has given you a deposit, an earnest. This is not all there is. Uh, Away with the idea of the earnest was the goal. No, that's like saying that this world, you know, best life now. Baby, this is the dress rehearsal. This ain't the dance. And the spirit, the whole, and I I don't demean it. This beautiful earnest of the spirit. All that is is a a hat ticket to what God's going to be. I have not seen Ear had not heard, neither as it entered into the hearts of men, the things God has prepared for us. But we have that earnest of the Spirit that lets us know that, you know, if, if you check a coat or check a bag and you get the ticket, it means I'm coming back for you. How does he know where I'm going to be? I don't know, but I got a ticket, an internal ticket under my fifth rib. And I know. But it's also the Spirit is a preserving power. Keeping us till the day of redemption. Yes, when you believed, you received the Holy Spirit. But that earnest, that measure, that signature, that identifying mark was for you. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's for them. Power in your prayer. I know Pastor Charles won't mind me saying this, or Jason, or any of our other ministers here, our teachers There is a difference between educated, knowledgeable, and ignorance. And there is a difference between intelligence in the flesh and the Word of God anointed in its preaching. He asked an old preacher one time, they said, what's the anointing? He said, I can't tell you what it is, but I can show you what it ain't. It means when I hear the truth, my spirit man doesn't leap. It doesn't... It doesn't uh, uh, have an energy, uh, uh, an, an electricity, if you will, about it. Not, it doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be volume, but something in you leaps. For me, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm, I'm telling you how I lead my family. If I wasn't pastoring a church, I wouldn't go to one where the man wasn't spirit-filled. Are you saying he's not safe? Not at all. I need some jump starts. My battery's old. My, my engine got dirt on it, a couple hundred thousand miles on it. I need to come in, and not only does that preacher have something to tell me, but he's got something to share with me. You see? There's no glorifying of the guy. Man, I'm just an old used car. But, it, you know, they can check it with a voltage regulator and say, you okay? You're good. Somebody wants to lay hands on me. I want you to have something under your hand. And again, no flattery. Do you know why I asked Charles' wife to pray afterwards? I knew what I was doing this week. That thing that you sensed in her prayer wasn't goodness. There's no good thing in any of us that the Lord didn't create. It was anointing. The presence of the Lord. I want you to see that. Uh, it's different than just being saved. Yes, I'm saved. Thoroughly saved. Absolutely saved. Name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But I'm not asking you, do you have the earnest? I'm asking you, do you have the fullness? Fullness of the Spirit. We're indwelt. Romans 8, 9 says, but you're not in the flesh, listen, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. And if you do not have the Spirit of Christ in you, you are none of His. There's an indwelling, abiding nature. The Comforter who guides us into truth. He he instructs us. He leads us. He comforts us. He quickens us. But it's it's that daily interactive relationship that lets me know that I'm a child of God. We are confirmed by the Spirit. Romans 8, 15 and 16. The last verse was Romans 8, 9, if you're taking notes. Romans 8, 15 and 16. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Have you forgotten... Have you, have you, do you remember when you came to faith? Now, I, I came to faith as a little boy, but in my 20s, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ fully. I remember so clearly, and it's never left. 
I knew that I knew that I knew that I was his. That was the job of the Holy Spirit. You are mine. The Father, you're mine, son. You're, you, and I'd read in the scripture where the Bible said, I'm bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Now, I'm not trying to be morbid, but you know what our problem is? We're, we're inoculated against the word of God. We've got just enough of it not to get it. If you were to dig up my earthly daddy, who's been dead since 1974, and they were able to pull from the marrow of his bones or the DNA, and you pull from me, they could say 99.999% accuracy that that is Roger Wood's son. Because I'm bone of his bone. I'm flesh of his flesh. Did you know there is spiritual proof that you are God's child? Evidenced. Evidenced. God's spirit in you is the evidence and he indwells you. And if you don't have that spirit, you can go to church your whole life. I'm amazed at the people that think that they're in pursuit of heaven. Well, I, I'm trying to live right. Dead people can't live right. What you going to do? I, I build houses for habitat for humanity. You're still dead in your trespasses and sins. Well, I've been part of this church. I've been in the way 70 years. I believe you. That was a joke. I've been a part of this church. My grandmother was a part of this church. My daddy's part of this church. I shook the preacher's hand. Might as well shake a donkey's tail. Doesn't do you any good. You must be born again. You must have God's spirit. And we're confirmed. I have never doubted one day that I was born again. That's not noble. That's not goodness. He just did a good job. Does anybody else remember, or did you have this experience? When I first, you know, in my 20s, surrendered to the Lord, I was, I was wrecked out of the gate. I just, I never, I didn't cry for years, for years and years. I cried at everything. I'd walk in the Christian bookstore and see this cheesy picture, you know, of a shepherd. He's leaning over a cliff. He's got a stick with a hook on it. And he's got a lamb by the throat. And he's, I'm telling you the truth. I'd walk in, I'd see that and I'd go, that's me. That's me. I just start crying. And you know, people, if you, if you have episodes like that, people will just, well, oh Lord, they'll walk on over. There. They'll leave you. They ain't going to bother you. But it was so real to me. Listen. The Spirit was testifying to me, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine, that I believed it. And I'm saved not by my will, but by the will of him that rescued me. What part did you play in your first birth? Your mom, your dad winked at your mom. Your mom said, really? And... uh You know I give you humor so you can... I'm about to hit you with something. What part did you play in your first birth? Very little. You you drew Aaron. Yes. You know what part you play in your second birth? Really? Now you have to believe. But if he gives you the conviction, which is the permission to repent, he draws you. He gives you the capacity to repent, the desire to repent, and then the grace to respond to the repentance. Yes, the measure of the Spirit is... I'm going to draw this distinction so clearly that the only way you could leave not desiring to be filled with the Spirit is if you didn't want to be full of the Spirit. That's my goal today. We experience the very life essence of Christ. John 15 says that the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus because He will receive, draw upon what is mine and will reveal it unto you. He will declare, disclose, transmit... The Holy Spirit's responsibility inside of you. Um, those of you that have experience in electrical work, you know, if I grab an electric fence and I grab you, you can say, I didn't touch the fence. Don't matter. I can share with you. <laughs> and y'all with these videos and stuff, on, it, it, it'll drive you crazy. I just laugh at stupid people all day long. Quit sending me these videos of stupid people. I just die laughing all the time. You know, then TT and on an electric fence. Somebody sent me the other day. I said, "Don't, don't do that." But anyway, somebody's gonna go Google that when they get home. They don't know what I'm talking. But so you take the electric fence, and if I'm holding it, and Kelly walks by, and I touch Kelly, do you know? Ow! What? 
And she could correctly say, I did not touch the fence. No, but John transmitted to you that which the fence was emanating. The Holy Spirit. This makes me just want to hide my face and bow in front of him. The Holy Spirit takes the things that are Jesus of him and he goes, John, John, the mind of Christ, the desires of Christ, the vision of Christ, the burdens of Christ, women, the power of Christ. And we can say to people, silver and gold I don't have, but I can, can I pray for you? And literally lay our hands on people and see them touched by the power of God. I'm not responsible for what the fence is emanating. I'm responsible to be a conduit of that. And the Holy Spirit is the conduit. Jesus said, he will receive of me and spread it to you. And we are led into all truth by the Spirit. John 16, 13 says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself. But whatsoever he hears, he will speak and he will show you things to come. For those of you that are are a part of Pentecostal charismatic scene, which I am, all I've ever been my entire life is in Pentecostal church. Assembly of God, I make no apologies for it. But as believing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are for today. And the Holy Spirit divides to every man severally as he wills. The preacher don't get to decide. Be careful. They'll trick you. Tonight's double portion night. Well, what if I want a triple portion? That's Thursday. <laughs> and tonight, you want the gift of healing? I'm going to open. If you know the word, you know, it'll keep you. It'll keep you. It'll keep you straight. The Holy Spirit divides. I don't need you to help divide. If you know the word. Now, here's how I know when something is in the flesh or in excess. If in that service, the Holy Spirit is glorifying himself, it's not the Holy Spirit. If it draws attention to the, to the man or the moment or, or the miracle, and, and look at the Holy Spirit would just praise you. Look at, it says, he will glorify me. That's how I know. The Holy Spirit is the invisible, uh, not visible to me, but very real essence of God. And his role is to bring all that is from Jesus to us and our response to that back to Jesus. Be careful if you're in a theatrical, loud, and everybody, the gift's getting the praise, and the minister's getting the praise, and the song leader's getting the praise, and the church is getting the praise, and you got to sow into their garden to get their return, and all of that. If the Holy Spirit's operative, I love how Lauren, no matter what's, Songs we're introducing. We're here for Jesus today. We're here for Jesus. I'm excited to worship Jesus. Pastor John, do you want her to say anything else? No. That's how I know the Holy Spirit's there. He points us to Jesus. So, I hope you see now, and I was talking fast because I want to squeeze it all in without keeping you too late, but that, that's what happened. The Holy Spirit is active even before you knew. See, right before you were getting saved, you were getting saved. The Holy Spirit's working and softening and uh, bringing you to moments of sobriety. I remember taking my dog out to use the restroom at Mercer. And I come back in and there's three men in my house. Taking my TV and my stereo. I didn't have nothing. I'm college poor. You know, it's like if you're smart, you ain't going to rob a college kid. But anyway, they, the guy saw me coming and he dropped the equipment and pulled a gun. Boom! Blew the wall out behind me. And I was like. I was gone. You just saw the drape. Go like that. They, you know, didn't have cell phones back then. They, some neighbor called the police and did the little report. He goes, Mr. Wood, how many men were there? I said, three. He said, and, and how many shots did they get off at you? I said, one. What do you mean, how many shots? I know you guys, we all got this thing. If anybody breaks in my house, I'm going to give them what for. I got something for them. I got a bat behind the door. I was too young to have a gun. I got a dog. Man, I ran. I ran so fast. If they followed me, they died of smoke inhalation off my shoes. I hid behind the dumpster. And when they left and the cops left and me and Jabbo's inside and I'm sitting there shaking, 
just like, I, I could have died. Oh, and by the way, the policeman who was just doing his job, he's telling the truth. He said, well, Mr. Wood, he couldn't have been just that far from you because you'd be dead. I said, I'm telling you, I could have took a step or two and touched him on the nose. So when everybody left, the Holy Spirit, before I'm saved, I'm protecting you so you won't die in your sins. And John, your life is but a vapor. It appeareth for a little while and vanisheth away. Don't you think that it's about time to live in such a way that you won't be afraid of a day like today? Father, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. Would you just take a minute in your words, thinking of your story? Can we do that just for a minute or so? Thank him for how he was patient with you. Jason, we could have died in our sins, but thank you, Lord, in our rebellion. Thank you, Lord, for how you pushed people out and brought people in. Thank you, Lord. And thank you that when you forgave us, you not only just took away our sins, but you gave us your life. I'm not being saved. I am saved. Glory to your great name, O God. Now, for just a moment, I want to talk to you about your relationship with the Holy Spirit as it pertains to empowering. Empowering. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the beginning of a fulfillment of Old Testament promise. When, when the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples that Jesus said, tarry till you be endued with power, one stood up and said, for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that which is spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He didn't say pour into them. Pour out on them. And this was not a complete fulfillment of Joel. This was an inaugural period of time for the Holy Spirit operating in the world visibly. Mary and her uh, Elizabeth with babies leaping in the womb. Babies being filled with the Holy Spirit uh, before they were born. I, I don't have a theological context for that. Prophetesses and prophets being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then now it just being poured upon. And, and Simon wasn't saying this is the complete fulfillment. He said, this is that. This is this expression. This is this new thing that's happening. Not only, watch. Yes, not only is he indwelling them, he's sitting upon the top of them with cloven tongues of fire. I, I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm just regular guy like you. But I know the difference between in me and on me. And the devil has confused that simple semantic. Well, I have the Holy Spirit. Well, I do too, but I need him on me. I need to have some unction in my words when I'm explaining to my children the difference between life and death. I need to have an unction, some kick to those words, something that gets in their soul. And this is the beginning of the fulfillment of that promise. He said, this is that which Joel spoke about. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is done by Christ himself. And I, I didn't have this in my notes. But how many of you that I had the privilege of baptizing you here. Okay? I put you in the water. I did not save you. There was no merit in I being the one, but I did it. I'm the one. Pull up the video. I'm the one that put you in the water. Christ is the one that immerses us in him spirit. John the Baptist said it. He said, I indeed baptize you with water. But there's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And by the way, this false uh, substitute, carnal, the people say, and God will baptize you. And that with the burning fire, glory, glory. No, no, fire burns. Burns. It's not fun. It burns up all that stuff in your life that you holding on to in secret. He will thoroughly purge his floor. But it's done by Christ himself. See, as a believer, I'm trying to give you as many nuances as this, and I can in, in one hour, or in the 30 minutes I have to speak to you. With, with, with Christ inside of us. Hold on. Sorry. 
once I've been saved, I can take part in refilling myself. This was never taught to me. I wish someone had, but I found it in the study of the scripture. It said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if he's telling me be filled with the Holy Spirit, that's not Jesus baptizing me, right? Come on. I'm not Jesus, right? Okay. So it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. How? Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, which means be focused on God, connection, transference, worship, receiving, worship, the Holy Spirit giving you part. Fill up your tank. I can be a part of filling myself, but I can't immerse myself. I can't baptize myself. This is something he does. Can you, can you see this with your spiritual eyes? Instead of me being in a pool, holding my hand out, Jesus saying, and immersing us in the Spirit, and you come up whelmed. Okay, so if I seal this envelope, this paper, I seal it, so I've marked it, and I fold it up and I put an envelope, and I seal it, and then I put wax on it, and I put the ring on it. That's a sealed envelope. But if I take the envelope and I stick it in the baptismal pool and I pull it out, that's two separate individual things and words. One is sealed with the Spirit and one is baptizal. Baptizal, the Greek for being immersed, whelmed, overwhelmed, immersed. And they're not the same thing. I don't know. I don't know how men that have forgotten more Bible than I know, scholars, Love the Lord will tell me that sealing is the same thing as immersion. It's, it's not so. And if you ask me what do I think has happened, I think it's respect for daddy and granddaddy and great-granddaddy who believed that this wasn't available and for fear of offending these patriarchs that no one says anything. But I, I, want, my, I want my letter not only sealed, but I want it immersed I want to be whelmed. I want Jesus to do it, not Pastor John. That's why you'll notice when we have services like this, and I, I may pray a general prayer, and there's, there's nothing wrong with specifically because the baptism of the Holy Spirit can happen as people lay hands on you. But I don't want to confuse you with that. that. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. I've chosen this because I see in this generation, we see that underneath Pastor John's hand, no, no, Christ is the baptizer. Christ is the baptizer. Baptize you in your car. I had a buddy of mine filled with the Holy Spirit while he was feeding chickens. Now, I'm not making light of it, and I'm not making silly of it. He's talking to God out there doing his chores. Anybody else talk to God while you're doing your chores? He's just, Lord, I just bless you. I thank you. And it fell, the Holy Spirit just fell on him. And he started praying in tongues. He goes inside and he called his wife's name and started praying in tongues. She opened the back door for him to come in and opened the front door for him to go out. And she shut the door on him. And he come down and said, I don't know, Mama, I don't know. But you know me. You know me. I wouldn't do that. I'm not acting. But the Lord feels so near and he feels so real. And I just want to bless him. And up the hands go and out the wife goes, you know, until she realizes Here's Christians telling her, your husband's got a demon. Your husband's got a demon. And all he's doing is telling the Lord how much he loves him. And he's cleaning his life up. And he's walking closer to God than he's ever been. He's up before the sun to pray. He's serving, giving. And the church has the audacity, the audacity to point and say, that's the work of demons. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is accrediting to the devil the works of God. Be very, very careful. The baptism of the Holy Spirit imparts supernatural power. Jesus said you'll receive power, dunamis, from which we get the word dynamite. After, you receive, or after you're, uh, you'll be endued with power, after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Miraculous power is what it means. Supernatural ability, abundance, strength. Spiritual violence and the capacity to work. That's what that word dunamis means. 
It enhances, it draws out, it emphasizes and utilizes the spirit that's already active within us. Let me say that again. This describes, because I know I was saved. I know I was forgiven. I know that witness of the Holy Spirit told me that I was God's son. But when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was as if, this is what it felt like to me, that it enhanced. Well, if the Holy Spirit's in me, wouldn't he recognize the Holy Spirit on the outside of me? Think it through, right? Deep calling to deep. Work calling to work. Interaction calling to interaction. It enhanced. It drew out. It emphasized and utilized the spirit that was already at work in me. Outside and inside. Sometimes it's just poured upon the unknowing. If our musician would come please this morning. Sometimes... It's just poured out. Turn in your Bibles real quickly to Acts chapter 10. And if y'all can put it on the screen for me up there, Charles, if you have time. Acts 10, 44. While she's coming, before I read this text, I want to tell you a cute story. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be sensationalistic or um, just telling you as it was. We had a visitor not too long ago. I hope he's not here now. <laughs> it wasn't too long ago. Uh, just a good old boy. And I don't know his heart, but my assessment was he was a believer, but a baby believer. He was old. You know, you can grow old and not grow up, you know. So he's sitting in the service. And he comes up to me afterwards. It's the kind of, you know, country people will just tell you the truth. They're not going to lie for you. They're not going to act like something's not real. He comes up to me afterwards. Hey, preacher, what's up with the seats? I said, what? He goes, what's up with the seats? I said, what do you mean? He goes, while you were preaching, it's like electricity just shot through that seat. And it went down my fingers in the back of my head. What you doing? You got a little button up there? He was dead serious. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I don't know what to tell you. But he said, one time I almost just jumped out of my seat. I'm not going to call the name, but there was a lady that stood out in this little alcove entryway not too long ago. She's up around 90 years old. And she said, some of y'all remember this. She goes, ooh, ooh, who let all that water in? Standing right over here. And lifted her little dress up. She goes, it's up to my thighs. It's just flowing in and out of this building. When I heard that, you know what it made me want to do? Go get on my face and go, let the water always flow in this building, Lord. Let the seats feel like they're like, we're not looking for signs. We're looking for you, Lord. Looking for you in this house. Acts 10, 44. And while Peter spoke these words, what words? The word of God. I want you to see it yourself. If you're under the anointed teaching and preaching of the word of God, sometime God just pours the whole bucket out on you. And while he spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell. Say that with me. So if it fell on them, did it say in them? Okay, I'm just showing you the distinction. When I was saved, the Holy Spirit didn't necessarily fall on me. It could have, but it was placed inside of me. This is the falling on them when they heard the word. And on the Gentiles was also what? Poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did you know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. And they answered Peter, Can any man forbid water for these to be baptized, which received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Now, this is important. Please just bear with me. I'm going as quickly as I can. It's like a three three weeks worth in one sermon. Every time someone was filled with the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, it says they either spoke with tongues or it inferred that they spoke with tongues. Acts 2, 4, 8, 9, 10, and 19. When someone's saved, I don't see the Holy Spirit sealing them. This was not salvation. It was both. They heard the word of God and they believed. 
and there was an invisible ceiling that we didn't see and there was a visible outpouring which they did see and the reason they saw the outpouring was they heard them speak with tongues. Tongues doesn't save me, but it's the initial physical evidence of those who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The evidence, the evidence of the Spirit inside of me is very simple. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. And the evidence of the Holy Spirit on me is the ability to speak in tongues and the gifts, because the Holy Spirit's going to divide to every man severally as he will. Power. Power. Just poured out. Some of the most beautiful times that people are filled with the Holy Spirit is when they weren't expecting it. It's very neat to me that I've got several people here from way back in my past, the Buckland family and George and Robin and my mom and others. There was a a, a day there at Northside that shaped my life forever. There was a lady being baptized by our pastor. And I don't remember her name, but she was, I've told this story to you before. You're at one place 30 years. You've told the story before. Um, She was very weathered. She looked 15 or so years older than she was, but she was a, you could tell she used to be a beautiful, beautiful girl. But you know, sin will write some stories on your face, you know, the lines, but God gloriously saved her. And she was loud and expressive and danced before the Lord. And she didn't mind twirling. She was just brand new in the Lord. And pastor talked about getting baptized and she signed me up and she got down in the pool I remember it like yesterday. God, I know the Lord's listening. I wouldn't exaggerate out of fear for him. Pastor just, you know, he he didn't take a lot of time, which you don't have to. He just said, because of your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he immersed her in water. And when she come up, she said, and put her hands up. And the most beautiful river of praise out of her belly flowed rivers of living water and she just stood and for about 15 or 20 seconds she was just talking in tongues to the Lord and so your legalists will say well that's out of order it needs to be interpreted she wasn't speaking to the church she was speaking to the Lord it's real easy if there's no interpreter let them be silent in the church yes let them be silent church and let them speak to themselves and to God So it wasn't for the church. So she's just praying and she's praying. And then she goes like this. Astonished. She looked and I'm, I'm, I'm on the front second row. I'm watching this up close. Little did I know the Lord is shaping how I experienced the truths of this word. She turned to pastor. She goes, what was that? He said, you're, you're praying in the spirit to God. She goes, can I do it again? Now, what do you think God's doing in that moment? Seeing this little girl, he's rescued, shattered, a shattered soul. And he's filling her with the joy of gladness, the oil of gladness. She said, can I, can I do it again? He said, yeah. And she turned her hands toward heaven. I felt like I was in someone's bedroom. I couldn't, I couldn't watch. And to know that there were legalists in the room that actually thought that was out of order. I'm like, you have not rightly divided the word of truth. That was a beautiful thing. And it was just poured out upon her. And I have learned that if you're near him and you're listening to his words, he could just pour it out on you anywhere. Your sons and daughters will prophesy Old men are going to dream dreams. Young men are going to have visions. Yeah, that's, that's going to happen. I want them to play this one song for us, and then we're going to close. Brian, if you'd play that for me. If this is in your heart, would you mind singing it as a prayer?
Stand with us this morning. Yes, the Holy Spirit is poured out at His leisure. But I've waited all morning to tell you this. This ties the whole sermon together. This is Jesus speaking. And I say to you, ask and it will be given you. See, the prosperity preachers tell you that's about your houses and your cars and your business and your land. Well, secondarily, it can be any prayer, but listen. Ask and it'll be given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it shall be opened. For everyone that asks. Everyone. Say it with me. Everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And him to knocketh, it shall be opened. What's the context? Well, if any of you ask bread, if your child asks bread of you and you're a parent, will you give them a stone? And if, you ask, if they ask for fish, would you give them a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them than ask Him? 
everyone that asketh receiveth. Well, Pastor John, how, how do I work out the, the tongue? That just that bothers me. Listen, the disciples, the first people they ever heard praying in tongues was themselves. It's not weird. It's just supernatural. And I want to look you in the eye and tell you, outside of the day he saved my soul, it's the most beautiful, precious, necessary, powerful, uh, non-negotiable in my Christian life. And if you ask him, you'll receive. Now, don't, if it causes anxiety and stress, that's not the work of the Lord. So when you pray, you send the Lord in its fullness. Now, the final thought, and I'm going to ask Jason to pray for us. Has God ever took your hand and made you write a check or a tithe check or offering? And he, I can't help it. I just, he's making me do that. Has he ever put his hand in you and made you witness or testify to someone at work? No, you did it. When the Holy Spirit falls upon us, the Bible says through a stammering lip, he speaks to his people. And you just put volume to that and your, your mind is unfruitful, but your spirit prayeth. And it's going to sound like to you unintelligible. That's because it's unintelligible. But I believe that's what we're going to speak in heaven. The Spirit. All different voices. So I leave you with this. If everyone that asketh receiveth, then maybe we're going to become a Spirit-filled church. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm ready to find out. Anybody else? Jason, come pray for us this morning. Glory. What a word. May we go forward and walk in the fullness of the Spirit, all for the glory of God. Father God, we thank you for this body of believers, this time together corporate, to come together corporately and exalt you, lift you up and magnify you, Father. I pray as we go forward from this place that all of us come into the fullness of your spirit, that, that it just continues to pour out upon us, Father God, for your glory, that we may go forward and exalt you and that that every one of us would point the world to you that the spirit being on us that the sight of that the smell of that the the presence of that in the world would be a testimony to your goodness your glory and your patience that brings us to repentance may we all be a poster child for you throughout this entire year all for your glory father god we just pray for every believer here We love you and honor you and thank you. Amen. Have a blessed Lord's Day.